guys, Princess here, and we're doing another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Um, <laughs> I'm exhausted, <laughs> but I um, just finished watching the episode, the Growing Up Gotti episode, and I'm here to talk about it. I've had a long week. I talked about it in the bonus episode I released yesterday. So. Let's just get this out of the way. You should be one of my Patreon members. It's a dollar a month. You can go to patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin and you get at least one bonus episode a month. But right now I have just been dumping content in there and I started a new series on John and Kate plus eight. I'm going to do like five or six episodes. And you're going to get one every week for the next couple few weeks. And the, the first one was dropped last night. I talked for 48 minutes before I even got to the fucking episode. <sighs> um, I also did a bonus episode for Total Divas. And I just want to talk about wrestling and the show Total Divas and the Bella Twins, even though I don't know shit about wrestling. And I fully admit I don't watch wrestling. And the last time I watched wrestling, I was a very small child and I only saw snippets of it. But I talked for two hours about wrestling. Um, and this week I'm probably going to do a princess diary. So like, dude, go sign up for Patreon. Go do it. Just do it. Okay. You need to. It's, it's the best dollar you're going to spend. And I'm saying that over going to Chipotle. It's the best dollar you'll ever spend. <laughs> so, uh, last night when I did the bonus episode, um, one of the things I was talking about how my kids were on my goddamn nerves and they just amped it up today. <laughs> my three-year-old stepped into, stepped into a fire ant heel a couple days ago. So his little feet looked like Nestle crunch bars, just little bumps everywhere. He's also white and I'm learning you white people bruise very easily. Like all you have to do is like bump into a door and you got a big ass fucking bruise. I don't know how to deal with that. I'm stressed out. I just want to put him in bubble wrap. Something's always happening to him. Then today he pissed on his four-year-old brother in the in the bathtub. I know they're toddlers. I don't want to live like this though. We're not doing water sports up in this bitch. Uh, Seven-year-old thinks she's somebody's mama. She puts money in timeout today. Eight-year-old is off the chain lately. We talked about it today. I don't know. I think he's just dealing with the changing family dynamics. And nine-year-old's a sweetie peety as usual, but he is still on my fucking nerves. People just aren't listening and they're here all the fucking time. And it used to be that like they go to school or they go to day camp or someplace and they'd be gone six hours a day. And I come and then when they came home, I'd have done all my work. I would have spent my day being princess and then I could spend two to four hours like just being with them. And just like making sure everybody got alone time, making sure making sure I was doing very a lot of conscientious parenting. And right now I'm not doing that. Right now I'm like working and podcasting and cooking and just doing a ton of stuff. And also having to parent at the same time. And it's just like, I don't think I'm doing a very good job to be honest. I just don't. I wish they had better parents. <laughs> Today I had to leave for a little bit uh, and my husband just, like basically I woke up and I just, instead of getting out of bed, I just called him and was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want you to come, when you come home from work, don't even come in, just honk the horn. And I'll like run out to the car and we can run away together. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you're having one of those days. And I was like, yeah. I, right at lunch, I, I was like, I'm going to just leave for a little bit after 
you know, they're eating lunch, I'm going to leave. And he was like, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine. I, um, I just think that we were like really hasty when we stopped hitting children <laughs> as a whole. I think we should rethink it. I think we should like workshop it because maybe we should hit him. <laughs> and, he, and, I, and he's like, Princess, what do you want me to do? I was like, I'm just going to leave this belt here and I'm going to leave and what happens happens. He's like, yeah, you really should leave because you really lost your mind. I was like, I don't know. I'm just thinking we were a little hasty when we decided to stop hitting children. <laughs> so, not hitting children. <sighs> but it's just been like, it's just been a rough week. And I also talked about this in the bonus episode about how um, my caseworker called me and was all like, dude, can you uh, provide respite? First of all, she called me. The first thing she did was tell me to say no. She's like, well, I told the director I was going to call you. And I'm like, girl, then what you call me for? Just tell her you called me and I said no. Because now I'm definitely going to say no. But she, she, there's a six-year-old that needs like respite, which means that that's just long-term babysitting, meaning a few days. I mean, respite can be, I think respite, you could do two weeks um, out of a month or something like that, but you, you need a certain license for it. And since I'm licensed to be a foster parent, I can provide respite for other foster parents. So what happened is that foster parent in April was like, we've been cooped up. So we're just gonna like plan a beach trip for the first week of June. And, and just let's talk about the fact that in April, you were like, this is good. we're just gonna do a beach trip in June. And we're gonna pay thousands of dollars for plane tickets and a hotel. And, and even though everyone's in quarantine. And the thing is, is that in Texas, here in foster care, I can take the kids anywhere in the state without permission from a judge. Okay, there are places my agency won't let me go, but like, I'm talking about like what the law is. I can, like, if I want to go to San Antonio and visit my stepdaughter and her mom or whatever, I can do that. I don't have to ask anybody. If I'm going to go for, like, two days, I will tell my caseworker so she knows what the fuck I am and she doesn't do, like, a, a pop-up visit on me and we're just not fucking here. I, but, yeah, I don't need permission. But if I want to leave the state with a child, a foster child, I have to call. I have to, like, call my caseworker. She has to submit it in writing to the lawyer. The lawyer decides whether they even want to submit it to the judge and then the judge rules on it. And... It usually takes a long time. Like if I were still gonna go on my family trip to um, to Virginia and New York for Thanksgiving, I would need to put that in now because it's a lot of people going back and forth on the ship. So the fact that she decided in April, this foster parent decided in April to do this, bought a bunch of shit, and then everything that's already going on is ludicrous to me because I'm like, it's gonna take forever for them to get back to you. And what happens a lot of times is the judge doesn't get back to you at all. And that's, it's, it's a no for you because the judge didn't give you permission. But this time the judge was like, no, you cannot take a foster child to a beach in Florida, bitch. No, <laughs> no, you really can't. Stay your ass at home. And my caseworker was like, I don't know how much quarantine they're doing. Because the fact is, is that like I was saying before, is that um, at first the 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 corn I wasn't being able to do as much like I I want to self isolate at home. My husband is an essential worker; he has to work. But in terms of the foster kids, it was like a week and a half after I started self isolating that the visits were stopped because like 
we can't stop visits. We can't legally stop visits. I'm, I am to provide a child for a visit. And, um, because the state stopped the visits, actually it wasn't the state, it was my county that stopped the visits. The kids didn't have to, and the visits happened at the DCFS center and a million people go in and out of that bitch. And there's all these toys there and all the kids play with them. Like, like there's, and then like, my foster kids have court ordered therapy and my, and the therapist comes to the home to see all the children every other Sunday. And then you throw in all the doctor's visits and dentist visits. Like I'm not allowed to say, well, I'm just, I, I know that there's like a killer disease out here, but I'm just not going to take the kid. The kids aren't going to do therapy anymore. I'm not allowed to just say that. And if a dental is due and the dentist's office is open, I have to take them. And if the dentist's office is not seeing people, I have to get that in writing, submit it to the caseworker, even though, I mean, the caseworker believes me, but, and so that she can submit it for a variance. Like, I hope I'm not scaring people off of fostering, but I'm just saying that like, in some of these tricky situations, things are, you have to be like, more thoughtful about what you're doing and why. And, when I first started self-isolating, I was self-isolating-ish because my husband had to still go to work and the foster kids at the time still had to go to their visit. Fortunately, their bio mom stopped the visits before the, the county could, and that was great. Um, I mean, I think she stopped it because she didn't, I think she stopped it because her car got repoed and the person's car she was driving didn't want her to drive the car anymore. I think that's why she stopped it, but hey, same results, that's all I care about. And, my, fortunately, the therapist I used for my children was like, uh, I've been to New York and I'm not going anywhere. She just came from a, a fucking, uh, a fucking vacation to New York, to New York City. And she was like, I, so I'll be at home and I'll be doing video calls for, so I was fortunate those things lined in place. All that to say that this other family I don't know has been self-isolating. I don't know what they, they could have been having pool parties this whole fucking time. I don't fucking know. So then you want me to take the six-year-old. The six-year-old has behavioral issues. You already told me that. I can't take the kids anywhere because I'm still self-isolating. And also like, I mean, you get paid to do respite. You get whatever you agree on, but most of the time, whatever the foster day rate is for, that's what I just, I, you just give it to that person because the kids slept at their house that night. You, um, foster care payments get paid by like where you slept that night. So um, if some if a child is taken out of your house at 5 p.m., you don't get paid for that day because they didn't sleep there that night. Um, so like, I was like, I don't want to. I said, this sounds stupid. And you're right, I was going to say no. And there's a, been other times I've been called to do respite. Like once somebody there they had smaller kids in care but their older teenage son broke his hip at school like he was in some athletics of some sort and crashed and his hip was fucked up and he was in the hospital and they were doing surgery and shit on him and so she was like trying to find someone to look for the kids for that weekend while she figured out what the fuck was going on that if that if that had been the case in this i might have been like okay um you have to review her for symptoms and blah, blah, blah. And you have to find out whether they've been sell- where they've been. And I guess I could do it for like four or five days. But I don't want to. <laughs> and I don't want to because you stupidly were like, 
girl, we have been cooped up. So when she planted, so it was April, and she's probably she's probably been self if she even was for like two weeks, three weeks. <laughs> We've been cooped up for three weeks, and I'm sure everything's gonna be fine. So let's just let's just book a vacay. <laughs> I'm, I, I I think she's out of her money because she can't legally take that child with her. And I can't imagine, there are people not even taking in fosters right now. I wouldn't if it wasn't this particular placement. So where's she gonna put the kid? And like I said, if it's more, if you need a babysitter for more than eight hours, they have to have like, like just a regular babysitter, they need a background check. And that's like, so I'm just saying for this state, I don't know what it is for other states. For Texas, if, so I can use YMCA, daycare, any place that's licensed as a child care facility, because they do background checks, fingerprint checks, um, and CPR training, and like the bare minimum training for everybody there. And they get they go through licensing standards. So I can, as long as you're licensed, I can do that. But if it's just like a regular babysitter, like my friend that watches my kids, and she loves watching my kids and stuff, um, all she needed was a fingerprint background, an FBI background check for every state she's lived in. She's only lived in Austin, Texas, and only at one address for her entire life. So, so it was very easy. So that's all she needed because as long as it wasn't frequent, and excuse me, not frequent, as long as it wasn't scheduled. So like she watches my kids once or twice a month, and it's never like, well, they go straight there after school. So just a background check is fine. And they do it at my house because I don't want the people at her house to have to get fingerprinted. So she just comes to my home, she watches my kids, fingerprints. If it was gonna be a regular thing at my home, like let's say she was gonna watch the kids three days a week, every week, then she would need to be fingerprinted. She'd need um, to know, she'd need a psychotropic drug, um, a psychotropic drug, um, class it's you can do it online and she needs a cpr class you can't do that online and a paph which is the physical holds and physical aggression basically what to do if they come at you with a knife or something like that and my agency only allows one hold and you never want to do that fucking hold because the paperwork the paperwork the paperwork afterwards never ever do that hold i you're only supposed to do it if they're dangerous to themselves or others I have decided no one will ever be a danger to myself or others. I would rather take the other children and, and like clear the room and go into a different room than have to put a hold because I'm just not going to. I'm not I'm not dealing with the aftermath of what happens when you put a child in a hold like that. Um, so you have to do, she has to take those classes if I wanted her to do it regularly. And if it was for respite, there's another class. I forget the name of it. But um, most of the time, the people that are doing respite care are other foster parents because they, we've taken all the classes and we've gotten all the stuff. And respite often happens at someone else's house. So that's re it's really good if they're already a foster parent because they already have uh, their um, home inspection, fire inspection, uh, safety stuff. All that stuff has been done at the house. So, yeah, I just was like, like, obviously, we're all feeling the effects of being inside self-isolation for so long. I'm going to be honest, the days are going by super fast because I am so fucking busy all the time. I'm busier than I've ever been in my life. Um, and I like being busy, but so there's been a lot of times I, like, I don't even have an alarm clock anymore because the kids don't go anywhere and they all get up at the same time. Like, I just wake up and it's such a weird life to just wake up and then immediately be at work and still have all these kids here. It's, it's a lot. 
And but the days are going by really fast for me. It does not feel like over two months at this point. Um, and like I, I've been telling people, school is supposed to start August 17th. I'm holding on to the fact that school is going to start August 17th. I really need school to start August 17th. That is, that is my goalpost. If I always told myself I was never going to homeschool my kids, but if school is the distant learning on August 17th, I'm going to have to discharge them from school and homeschool them because I can't do any more Zoom meetings. I have too many kids here for these scheduled Zoom meetings and calls and text messages and everything. And that's really nice. But like, I can't field all these fucking text messages about how kids are doing. They're fine. They're fine. <laughs> that makes it sound like I'm ungrateful. I'm not ungrateful. Some people need those text messages. And like, it's the music teacher, the coach, the PE teacher, the uh, specials teacher, the... um the inclusion teacher for special ed it's the principal that's calling me it's and i am so grateful these people people give a fuck about my kids i am so grateful but i also work 50 hours a week and i literally do cannot scan this picture that this child drew to upload to google classroom so you can give her participate i can't do it i can't do it so if the kids don't go back, physically back to school August 17th, I am going to have to become a homeschool mom, which is, I wish you could see my face right now. I do not want to homeschool anybody. And people who don't have kids have been being like, how's the homeschooling going? It's not homeschooling though, because I'm not instructing them. Often they're watching a video or in a meeting where they're getting they're, they're getting their lesson for the day. And even if it's not necessarily their teacher, it's another teacher or something that's teaching them how to do something, then they have worksheets or they have reading and then they have quiz. Like, I'm never sitting at the table being like, okay, so let's talk about division. Let me tell you about the concept of division. They already, they got the concept of division from someone else. I'm just helping when they're trying, when they get stuck on worksheets, which happens a lot, but that's not homeschooling. I'm not doing, I don't make the lesson plan. I don't decide what the day is like. I'm beholden to somebody else's schedule, which is fine when they're there with him. But when I have a meeting at two o'clock, he can't have a Zoom meeting. And this one's a, this one is coming out of his nap and is cranky. And that one over there hates writing. So he's crying. Like, I don't wanna do that. So if I have to do homeschooling, then at least I can be like, listen, this is what the lesson's gonna be, and this is what the schedule's gonna be. I can have more control over it, but I don't wanna do that. So <laughs> I feel like I just like let out my hopes and dreams. I don't wanna do that, guys. <laughs> I have never wanted to homeschool a child. I don't think I, I'm a terrible teacher. I've always been a terrible teacher. I, I, I'm not good at teaching people things. And that's not, and people will be like, well, you're parenting. No, teaching's a profession. Te you train to be a fucking teacher. You get experience being a teacher. Uh, classroom management is a thing. And yeah, I do uh, teach writing workshops for kids. That is an hour a week where I'm giving out candy and writing prompts and there are no grades and there's no stakes to it. I'm just really like helping them find creative sides. And that's not the same as teaching. Teaching is a fucking profession, okay? And 
I've known that for a very long time and I have never been someone that's like, I could do this at home, I could homeschool. I don't wanna homeschool nobody. I um, worry about their social skills. I worry about, um, like, I'm not gonna get super into this, but we all know that the way modern classrooms are set up are based on, they, we start modern schooling like this based on, um, the industrial revolution <laughs> where, <laughs> where people started working in factories and settings and this type of school setup that we have in America teaches people how to be factory workers. Basically how to, it teaches you how to give answers back, what testing looks like, what it's, how to be like in an office, it, your teacher learning skills like that. Now we can talk about why that's good and bad all day. But the fact is that if I were to homeschool children, not only would I have to work about 50 hours a week every week and also do the work of being at home, which my husband does a lot of fucking work around here, but because of his hours, a lot of shit falls to me. So cooking, cleaning, running this house, making sure mortgage, my husband doesn't know how to pay the mortgage. He don't know how the bills go out. He knows they didn't come and pick up his Cadillac. That's all the fuck he knows. He doesn't know. I mean, he, he knows how much it is because he agreed to it when he bought it, but he don't pay it. Like that's, that's on me. Those types of things are on me. And so all of that, plus my work, plus my projects, like this, like what I'm doing right now, and I'm supposed to design a homeschool <laughs> curriculum and teach five fucking kids. There's not enough princes to go around for all that shit. And if I were picking out what I'm not gonna do, it's that homeschool bullshit. And then also, then also think about the socialization stuff. You have to make sure, like where do kids find their, their friends in elementary school? The person that sit next to you at lunch. The person who's, whose last name follows yours alphabetically that's how you find friends and stuff so that means that like i usually let my kids pick an extracurricular every year that means i'm gonna have to go hard on that because that's where they get in their outside influence and stuff that's where the birthday parties come from all that shit like i can't do this so <laughs> um august 17th i need the kids back in school so in terms of like social self-isolating my goal has always been to get to august 17th as soon as the kids weren't in school i was like they're not going back to school this year it doesn't make any sense to get to august 17th and if i can get to august 17th then i don't know it's like when you look at the horizon instead of at the at the at the uh at the pavement in front of you so even though so as long as the kids were out of school i was planning on self-isolating I don't know how long I can get that far. I, it's my goal, wish me luck. I don't know if I can get all the way to August 17th. What I can do, like I'm getting emails from the YMCA saying, oh, summer camp's gonna start up June 15th. And I'm like, well, good for y'all. <laughs> I'm not, I know a lot of people have to go, have to take their kids back to summer camp because they have to go to work. But I have to, I'm trying to be more careful because I can, I have that privilege. Guys, when we talk about privilege, it's not, I think people think privilege is 
always a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Privilege just is. If you were born a white person and you have white privilege, you just have it. I have had, I have been blessed with to be educated in some very fine institutions. That's a privilege of mine. The fact that I get to work from home is a fucking privilege. Not everyone can do that. And what you do with privilege is you exercise it consciously and you help others who, who can't. So one of the things I can do to help people who don't have the privilege of being able to stay at home with their kids is I cannot take a bunch of spots in, the, in day camp so that the people who don't have a fucking choice, because it's limited opening, so it's not going to be the, the same amount of spots. Like what normally happens is they start signing you up for summer day camp in um, March and school gets out in May so they know how many people to hire for the, for the season. So it's not like I'm taking someone's spot at that time. But now they can only do it in limited locations and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. If I take up three summer camp spots, there are kids who can't get in there whose parents need to go work the drive through at Taco Bell. Okay, that, 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 that's how the rent gets paid. And they have to go and being able to utilize that camp makes a difference. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? It's the same reason like I've, I've been thinking about daycare. Like daycares are still open and I can find a daycare and I don't have to pay for it for the toddlers because they're in foster care. I get a, I get a voucher. So you gotta find someone who takes the voucher. That's, that's a daunting task. You gotta find someone who has openings. You gotta find someone who's willing to take a three-year-old who's been kicked out of two daycares. Sure, that's a process. But again, I'm like, I have all this privilege here. How am I how am I using it consciously and what am I doing to pay it for for people who don't have it? So I'm, I'm having those thoughts there. And then I'm also like, I just feel like it's the middle of May. The months are going by fast. I know I can get to June. Two weeks, I can get to June. Fuck it. Um, and that's where I get a little hazy. I'm like, if to me, it feels like if I can get to July, it feels stupid to let them go to camp or to even, or daycare or anything because school starts August 17th, hopefully. I don't know, I'm, I'm just rambling. It's 26 minutes in, I'm rambling. But that's where I'm at right now with the stuff. I'm like, looking at the horizon being like, it's there, the goalpost is there, princess. If you can, if you can wait till school starts and school starts like it's supposed to, now, fuck it. Well, school starts like it's supposed to and then in October, they're like, we gotta close school again. Um, my kids get a fall break, so they will already be getting, they'd already be out of school in the fall um, for a week. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I really don't fucking know. That's the theme of this. I don't fucking know. I just want to be clear to like every person you know, regardless of what it looks like, is going through it right now. Like just because my coping skills lend themselves to organizing things does not mean I'm not going through it. Just because for me personally, like being on Twitter, talking about how bad I feel makes me feel worse. It does not make me feel better. Um, so like, just because we're not verbalizing it, doesn't mean, like we're all going, it's a global pandemic, we're going through it. We're all going through it for whatever reason. But you know, we don't say it, but now we said it. I said it, okay? Fucking said it, I'm going through it. Guys, August 17th, pray for me. If you know how to pray, if you know Ayama's number, ask her to do one of her juju things on for me because I need August 17th to happen. 
Listen, let's talk about the fucking Gavis. Um, This is episode three of season one. It's called Looms Over Miami. It is a vacation trip. Um, I just realized <laughs> this week that Victoria Gotti is billed as a novelist. And I was like, I know she writes about being in the mob, but is she a fucking novelist? I mean, not being in the mob, but like growing up in the mob. She's a fucking novelist, guys. <laughs> She's written, what is it? Uh, she's written This Family of Mine, colon, what it was like. <laughs> Gotti Confidential. She's written The Senator's Daughter, I'll Be Watching You, Superstar. Those are novels. Women, I don't know what that, I don't, that's not Victoria Gotti. It says Women in Mitrial Vow Prolapse. I don't, that, no, that doesn't sound like Victoria Gotti wrote that. Um, and she wrote it, she has a Italian cookbook called Hot Italian Dish colon, a cookbook. <laughs> yeah, she's written some fucking books. You know what? Fuck me for, for not knowing that about you, Victoria. Anyway. um, So basically, her kids are out of school for a week, and it's probably winter break, which is a northern thing that I... I didn't know was a thing until I had kids in school, but I live in the South. Like people would be like, we're out for a winter break. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Because when I lived in like Chicago and New York, I didn't have kids. I didn't know I didn't know what the fucking school schedule was. I remember when I lived in Chicago, I used to have to drive past a uh, uh, a school and it said like the speed limit was a certain speed limit when children are present. And I always thought, how the fuck am I supposed to know when children are present? What if there's a kid just standing out here at two o'clock in the morning? I gotta drive 45 all of a sudden? schedule but um I'm imagining it's winter break I don't know why I'm imagining it's winter break because it seems like a time you go to Miami I think going to spring break to Miami sounds like hell but you know what the whole fucking trip sounds like hell um it's Victoria her three fucking gorilla sons five of their friends three of her girlfriends and then two chaperones named Quack Quack and Jeff Jeff's a driver. Jeff looks like he, Jeff looks like he's been sniffing glue. Every time he talks, it's like he's high on something and not something like fun. Something like sniffing glue because that's all you have available. Mm, I don't know. His name should be Quack Quack. I, they should switch names. <laughs> so it's like nine people going to fucking Miami. This, again, sounds like a nightmare. I'm... I'm so like very interested in this like I call it Abercrombie culture <laughs> and I might be misnaming it but like you know we're just like 12 girls going to sleepover and <laughs> like your mom goes on a your family goes on a vacation and you take friends with you like it's not how I grew up my, we never went on vacation unless it was to a family member's. Like it was a, like a family reunion or to go see family members. We never were just like, we're just out. And my mom hates kids. <laughs> if you showed up at the house with a child, besides yourself, I mean, she had to legally let you in the house. <laughs> my mom used to always tell me 
that all she has to do, she'd always be like, legally, all I have to do, like she'd, like she'd look at the law or something. She'd be like, legally, all I have to do is feed you twice a day and not beat you too much. That's all I have to do. You don't have to ride in my car. I don't have to be nice to you. I don't have to have, she, she'd always be like, like she just talked to a lawyer. Legally, my obligation here is just this. But um, she would, we didn't really have friends over. My mom doesn't like kids or didn't like, she loves kids now because she's a grandmother. But at the time she'd just be like, who is that? Why are they in our house? No, 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 you go over their house with that shit, don't. I can't imagine my mom being like, hey guys, we're gonna go to Miami. And also just invite some random children you know. I'd be like, oh, this is my best friend. She'd be like, that's your fucking friend. I don't know that girl. Get her out of here. <laughs> I, I'm really like, so when I'm doing the John and, and Kate stuff, I had watched some recent episodes of Kate Plus Eight and some of like the teenagers episode where they were talking about, um, we're just, they just had, they always have a, a big uh, birthday episode and they just had a lot of girls over there glamping and stuff. And I was like, my mom, if I had told her I need to invite six friends over the house and they were gonna spend the night, she would have, she might've dropped me off at a fire station. I'm I'm very like interested in this type of culture where it's just like yeah you just get you just get the other kids and come on and we're gonna go to Miami I I I'm interested in in seeing the culture I'm not interested in living it and my kids will never go on a vacation and bring other pe- people's children with them I can't be responsible for other people's kids in the streets I say as I talk about being a foster parent all the time I, that's different <laughs> what if the plane went down like what the fuck. What is the play went down? I forgot they were with us. <laughs> just, just went for the kids I know. We're all out, we're out. We got smoke and we're all dirty. You know how when people are on TV or in like a, a plane crash, they've suddenly got smudges of dirt on their face. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God we all survived. And they're like, what about Jenny? I'm like, who the fuck is Jenny? <laughs> oh, Jenny, Jenny. The one we picked up on the way to the airport. Jenny, Yeah. Hold up, hold up, y'all stay here. I'm gonna go back and see if I can find Jenny. <laughs> I can't imagine it. I, I I can't imagine it. But I mean, she's gonna do it. And it this opening scene seems like the seems like the the morning scene in Home Alone, the one where they leave Kevin, where everybody's trying to it's just too many people and they're all trying to get in the car and and uh you know, there's bags everywhere, it's all Louis Vuitton. <laughs> it's Okay, guys, fine. You know, coal sells some nice <laughs> luggage. <laughs> Whatever, fine. Take your Louis Vuitton to Miami. <laughs> and, um, like, uh, some of the kids are still at the mall, even though they have to leave for the airport in 20 minutes. Um, and Victoria's calling people. She's chirping on her Sprint Nextel flip phone. <sighs> what a time capsule. Ugh. <laughs> but it looks hectic. Um, listen, and, and all this is going on. Victoria, they want us to believe Victoria still has a deadline at Star Magazine. And I'm like, cute a fucking laugh track. I just don't believe her work at Star Magazine was the same as the work at other people that work at Star Magazine. I'm not saying Star Magazine isn't 
a publication. I'm not saying Star Magazine doesn't have freelancers, staff writers, deadlines, um, publishing meetings, all that shit. I believe it. It still has to, it's still like a publication. I believe all that. I just don't believe, and there's nothing you can fucking tell me, that Victoria Gotti is a serious journalist at Star Magazine. I don't believe it. I just don't. I feel like she writes one of those columns where it can run or it can't run or somebody else can write it or she can write it or whatever, but it's, it's just like, whatever. But she's on deadline and she's talking about some of the, the name she mentions. Is it Mike Piazza? Is that a sports person? She's talking about Diddy. Except she's calling him Puffy, which is a long time ago, y'all. She's talking about whether Will and Jay Pickett Smith are gonna show up. She's talking about Donald Trump in terms in terms of being a used car sale, salesman who who owns a beauty pageant. I mean, he's still that, but she it's a lot. <laughs> it's a fucking lot. <sighs> so they go. And I can, I don't have a lot of high hopes for Quack Quack because already John is asking, he Quack Quack is playing like catch in the house. And John is like upset with him and saying exactly like a two year old. He's rushing Victoria. John's telling him he doesn't know who he is to rush anybody. And Victoria's like, well, he's a guest. And I'm, I was like, you said he's a family friend. Is he like a friend of, is he a friend of, how can I describe? Like, he's a friend of your family's, but meaning he's a friend of somebody else's in your family. And they were like, ask Quack Quack to do it. You know what I mean? He's not our brother Peter's friend, because we'll find that out later when they play that prank on him. Whose friend, is he, is Quack Quack a friend of John Jr.? Like, who is Quack Quack? Because Victoria doesn't like him. Johnny does, John doesn't respect him. Like, it seems like they don't really fuck with Quack Quack like that. So then why is Quack Quack going to Miami? I've said Quack Quack a lot. I just wanna know, is this production bullshit? Where they're like, no, um, we need somebody to come. Do you have any wacky friends? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a mystery behind this Quack Quack. So we get to the part of the show where Victoria whacks poetically about her father and basically he they're going to some fancy hotel in Miami whose name I did not remember because I don't know what they doing but I definitely couldn't afford to stay there um if it's not a motel six I can't afford it and so um but she talks about how like I guess it was her first away trip and her father took her down there you know the way Victoria talks about her father annoys me a lot I'm gonna go on a tangent here, but trust me here. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna connect it. When I watched the documentary on the Michael Jackson accusers, the current accusers, one, I said that the thing I, I wish is that they didn't have their parents in the, in the, in the documentary. Because there's no perfect victim, but their parents pissed me off. And one of the parents talked lovingly about going to Paris with Michael Jackson on tour and about how she met Tina Turner and how Tina told her, her that white boy can dance, her son, and 
how much, how she just, she just talked about it. There was a gleam in her eye. But they're interspersing this with her son talking about that was the first time he had penetration sex with Michael Jackson. I should have done a, I should have done a trigger warning, but it's too late now. Okay. So, but that's, we're not gonna talk much more about that. All I'm saying is this, is that I understand at the time that you had a wonderful time at the time. And it was an amazing experience at the time. But here we are 30 years later. And now you know that your son experience in Paris was not your experience in Paris. Why are you still talking so lovingly about your trip to Paris? Now you know the truth. So why is Paris still your favorite memory? I don't get it. And when it comes to Victoria, when she talks about her father, I know that he was her father and he wasn't the Teflon Don in her house. I mean, maybe he was, but she's talking about her father. I get that. But also, you now know your father was a murderer, a cheater, a liar, a fucking criminal, a drug dealer. A, he was all these fucking terrible things. And you now know, if you didn't know then, you now know how he got the money to take your ass to Miami. And yet here you are, daddy would do this, daddy would do that. Like, I don't get it. Um, I have a father that's been in prison for, I will be 40 in July. So that means he's been in prison like 39 and a half years. Okay. And I only know him from prison. I only reason I ever met him is because when my parents were getting, my mom was finally getting divorced, even though they'd not been together since I was like three or four months old. And he went to prison when I was like six months old. Um, when they, she was finally getting divorced when I was like seven because that's what people, poor people do. They'll just like not be married anymore, but still on paper. Um, her lawyer had explained to her that there are all these, well, not all these, one particular relative on my father's side that was very interested in like being a part of my life. And that was like telling her, well, I don't know how true this is now, but at the time my mother was led to believe that if she made it very hard for me to my father to reach out to me that someone could use that in like a custody um situation i now know that like that's not <laughs> like like you can't you can't get a seven-year-old from her biological mother because she won't take the child to visit her biological father that you've divorced in prison seven states away i know that now like and my mom knows that now but at the time she was like i'm just gonna cover my bases and i'm gonna keep my side of the street clean and that means i'm gonna let him write you and i'm gonna let him call if he'll pay for the calls and i will like my dad used to make like pennies on the dollar at his job at a chair factory in prison and would like i always got the best presents because he didn't have to buy i mean he does have to buy they don't provide everything in prison guys you should know that um prisons People talk like prison's cushy. It's not. And, and, but he could do things. He could make seven cents an hour. And my birthday is in July and Christmas is in December. And he could 
buy me things my parents could wouldn't buy me or didn't have the funds to just be like I'm gonna drop $300 on one present for for you for Christmas like but he could because what the fuck else was he doing and my mother would facilitate those purchases she would send her the money she would go buy the thing she would sometimes send random money and she would make sure I got it it was things like that but and so I grew up with him but not as my father figure I mean I look just like him I got my first period at prison like I used to and when we moved back to Virginia I would see him monthly or at least every other month my mom would drive me up there and she would sit through the visit with him now we're not I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it was some terrible thing because my father is still in love with my mother that is the last woman they were married and that was the last woman he was ever in love with and he's still in love with her he compliments her a lot he's very dead when they used to smoke cigarettes he would buy cigarettes in the prison to bring to the visit for her like he he's very deferential to her and now he's very much like you know you know uh I made mistakes and stuff and like he doesn't he doesn't like call her on her mistakes she made some they weren't they weren't as big as his but here's the deal like I have this man in my life who who is biologically my father but I have an obligation to him to be in I I feel an obligation to be in his life his his mother his parents died very young um his brother killed himself his sister is not a part of his life I am the only person besides my mother who's his ex-wife I'm the only person that visits him I'm the only person but he's in prison on purpose (laughs) he belongs there as far as I'm concerned he belongs there that's it he belongs there his uh, the the few scattered family members he has don't believe he is guilty I believe he's guilty and I am able to be like you are a bad person excuse me you have done some very bad things but the fact that you are admitting to them and you are changing as a person, I can be open to that. You know, even as a small child, I was like, well, he just isn't, he just isn't in prison. Like some of his family members think it's a government conspiracy. My father is so unimportant. <laughs> it's not a fucking government conspiracy. Yes, he's a black man on trial in the eighties. We could talk about that, but the the bottom line is he did it and he needs to be there and he needs to do his time so so I guess I'm what I'm trying to say here is I understand Victoria in terms of like having someone you care about and having someone who like who who is your father who is not a good person like you don't you don't do 30 years of crime like this and be a good person you just don't the fact that he wore nice suits and he was in the paper doesn't change that you can separate those things you can also say that I don't know I'm just saying that like she talks about him she talks about the amazing things he was doing like it wasn't being funded by some really fucking terrible things and she never talks about it that way like I can say very nice things about my father. He's a nice guy. He is. I can tell you some very funny stories about that guy. Um, it doesn't change what happens. That's that's still who he is. I mean, it's thirty. It was fucking forty years ago. It's not. 
exactly who he is, but I don't that doesn't go away in my head. I don't I don't know how she does that. It bothers me. And it feels like when she's talking about Miami, like, you know, my dad took me here and she's not like, yeah, but people died for that. You know, this happens on mob wives too, where they're just like, they always take the men away. Okay, well they weren't just like playing canasta. They did murder some people. <laughs> uh, Renee crying. Uh, they just take them away. They just have to do the time. I mean, all they did was beat some people to a bloody pulp over a gambling business. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> These are crimes, Renee. These are crimes. Um so they get to the rooms they're in a, it's, it looks like a nice hotel i mean it's 2004 so everything looks dated obviously but it looks i can tell it's a nice hotel so they get to the rooms and victoria's all like listen i am very um what'd she say what did she say i'm neurotic i'm a neat nick don't leave clothes everywhere put all your bags away right away and i'm like victoria who the fuck are you talking to we've seen where you live at that gray goddard's bullshit we've seen it you're not a neurotic neatnik in any way, shape, or fucking form. But okay. And then she also tells the kids not to leave the rooms. And that becomes important later when they pull their heist. Um, she's also, like I said, on deadline, she's got a compact, compact with a K, <laughs> computer, laptop that she's trying to get on the internet. And she can't, and you got to pay for the internet daily. Jesus Christ. Can you guys imagine if you were in a hotel and you had to pay, like, I'm not staying somewhere that doesn't have free Wi-Fi, okay? But even if I did, can I, like, they would be, like, every morning I have to go down to the, to the front desk and pay, she's probably paying $40, $40 to get the internet. Oh my fucking God. But she can't get it to work. She's like, Frank can do it. Frank is, Frankie is like, dude, I don't know that much about that. She's like, could you look at it? And he's like, I really don't know what I'm doing, Ma, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like a scene from my house. My, my mom like calls me sometimes and asks, every time I go, first of all, every time I go to my mom's house, her Wi-Fi is open because she's forgotten her password and just left it open. And I was like, well, you know, anybody could get on it. And then also this is a good way for people to, get into your computers and stuff and she's like let them let them because what she would do is she would call me all the time and be like what's my wi-fi password I'm like what the fuck how do i know what your wi-fi password is my wi-fi password is my husband's phone number and it's been that way for many many years because it was my husband's phone number like they set it up that way a long time ago many providers before and we just always left it that way because all the because all the devices think that's our phone, think that's the password. So if someone changes it, I've often had to go back in and just change it back to my husband's phone number. <laughs> so I know what mine is. Why are you calling me from seven states away to, to ask me what your fucking password is? And then she gets upset if I don't fucking know. She gets mad at me. Like this all, <laughs> all this shit. When I was Frankie sitting on that bed, you know, I don't like Frankie. I don't like his gorilla tendencies. I don't like the way he walks around. <laughs> barking at his mom and I don't like all that but I was him on that bed like bitch I don't I can't help you like I don't know what to fucking tell you <laughs> meanwhile today she could have tweeted that fucking story to her, to her editor 
I don't want to be the end of it. Um, the main thing they do on this trip is there's a lot of pranking. They're pantsing people. They want to shave people's heads. I fucking hate pranks. I hate prank shows. I don't get, I don't like it. I don't like surprises. I don't like people fucking with me. I don't like pranks. And I'll tell you right now, you pull down my pants, we're done. I'm fucking done with you. Two years later, you can call me and tell me you're in jail. And I'll be like, I don't even know why you're calling me because I don't fuck with you since that one time you pulled down my pants. Like, why would you do that? And I know that they're teenage boys. And I'm just, I was just looking at this going, Jesus fucking Christ. What if I have four fucking teenagers, teenage boys in a few years, and they're running around this house, farting on each other, pulling each other's pants down. The two older ones already are starting to do like fart, lots of fart jokes, which they learned from my other fosters that just left. Um, and I can't take it. I can't do it. I can't live like this. And just watching these kids pissed me off. <laughs> like, so they're going down to the pool and Quack Quack is supposed to be watching them, but he's getting a massage. And he's not really watching them. And George, one of the kids, one of the kids' friends, gets on this, like, there's a walkway bridge thing over the pool. He, he climbs over and jumps into the pool. It's a pretty, it looks pretty high. And the pool, it says it's like four feet four or something like at that area. And I'm like, you could fucking die. Uh, <laughs> I know he didn't die if he jumped, but you could have hit your fucking head and died. Somebody just died in a Carl Crawford's house, this woman came, he had a pool party in Houston. Like he's saying it's six people. So that means it was like 30. And she brought a child. She was like watching for the day, maybe a nephew or something. I, I don't know, but it wasn't her child. And the child wandered into the pool while she was doing whatever. I don't know. Sucking Carl's dick. I don't fucking know. And she jumped in after and neither one of them were able to get out and they both died. Like, it is absolutely possible. Liz told me some fucking story. She might have told me while we were recording or afterwards. I don't fucking know. She told me some story about a woman who had a set of twins and she was like taking a nap or something. I'm butchering this fucking story, but this is how I fucking remember it. She was taking a nap and the kids got out of their room, out of their crib, somehow got out of the house and drowned in a pool. And she went on to have other kids and still live her life. Just seeing George climb on that shit, I was like, people die all the fucking time. So then security comes over because like, it's a busy pool at a nice hotel. Like people are calling security and you know, Quack Quack's like, security's basically like, listen, somebody just jumped off of this. Also they're pulling people's pants down. Like we, we're not doing that over here. And I didn't see them pull anybody's pants down at the pool, but I'm sure they did it. I know they're guilty. <laughs> Throw them behind bars, they did it. Quack Quack's finally done with his fucking massage and is over there like, oh, nobody did nothing here. And he's doing his like big tough guy thing. And, and I'm like, you guys have cameras following you. You all look like Sonic the fucking Hedgehog with these fucking jail tips on your head. You're teenagers. You're a group of teenagers, which is the last thing anybody wants to see anywhere. Nobody wants to see eight teenagers anywhere. Anytime eight teenagers show up somewhere, people are like, what the fuck? How long are they going to be here? <laughs> are they stealing? What are they fucking doing? What are they doing? Are they smoking? What are they fucking doing? 
I guarantee you, if you work at a 7-Eleven and the little bell rings and the goes ding, ding, and the door opens and seven teenagers walk in, you're like, nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> I'm not doing this. So like, I don't know, you're very conspicuous <laughs> and you're out here doing stupid stuff to impress each other, to amp things up. I was so fucking annoyed by that. And then <laughs> later, the, uh, later is when the real pranking starts, okay? So, well, before we get to there, uh, the boys are in a jacuzzi, okay? <laughs> They're all in a jacuzzi, looking sweaty and red-faced, smoking black and milds. <laughs> smoking black and milds, talking about how they want a thick woman. And John's like, I like brunettes, but I take a blonde. <laughs> It was so, <sighs> that scene smelled like Dracar Noir <laughs> and Gorilla Glue, <laughs> Gorilla Glue Gel. That's what that fucking scene smelled like. And Black and Miles, which don't smell bad, but. <laughs> <sighs> Meanwhile, Victoria's upstairs. She's eating and watching pay-per-view in a fucking, in a hotel. She said this is what she likes to do on vacation. Same. But you can do that at home now, Victoria. You can just Netflix and chill and eat. Post make shit. So at this point, the boys convince Jeff, who again, I'm con- he seems like he sniffs glue. So he either sniffs glue and is very high. Or he has some neurodivergence. That's the nicest way I'm, I'm going to be able to put it. And they're taking advantage of him. It's one of the fucking other. Or they're taking advantage of him if he's high too. He just seems slow to catch on to what's going on. And that bothers me a lot. Because that makes me feel like the they're preying on him. Like... I can't watch shit like that. Like, it, it feels like someone should come in and be like, hey, stop fucking with Jeff, okay? Stop fucking with Jeff. It's not fair. You're, you're running circles around him. He doesn't know what's going on. Don't do that. But they basically try... So he, I guess he and Quack Quack are sharing a room. Which, how are they the chaperones if the two of them are sharing a room four or five doors down? That don't make no fucking sense. They should... <laughs> But okay, what the fuck are they chaperoning? <laughs> so, chaperoning themselves? So, they're sharing a room. And the boys want to get in and prank Quack Quack. Put, like, Icy Hot on him and, like, shave his eyebrows and his head. But they're afraid he's going to lock the door, which makes sense. Why wouldn't he lock the door? He's in a fucking hotel in Miami. So what they want Jeff to do is they want Jeff to go in there and then tell him he's going out. And then when he comes out to leave the door unlocked, but that's not how hotel doors work. They just lock. Like you can't, you got to prop it open if you're, if you want to be on, it just locks. And so, and, and I can see like, they did like some B roll with like magnetic keys. Like it just locks. So what they need to do is when he's coming out, they need to bum rush him. And Jeff doesn't want to do it. He's like, Quack Quack's going to be mad, blah, blah, blah. And they're basically like, listen, if you don't want to do it, we still got three days here and we'll get you. And it's very, (laughs) 
they play Godfather music over it. I was like, I don't like this. I they really seem like they could run circles around Jeff, and I don't like. It feels like he's being forced into this. So Jeff fucking agrees to it. He goes down the hallway. He does the thing. He he stutters because he's lying and he's giving too much information. So he's like, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna be back in a uh 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 like because he needs to name. The, I'm gonna be back in 17 minutes or whatever the fuck he needs to name like a very specific time he's gonna come back even when he just really should be like I'll be right back and just open the door if he was gonna do this these eight big ass fucking boys bum rush Jeff in the in the room and Jeff ends up getting pushed in and falls they run in Carmine the oldest boy throws a bucket of cold ass water like an ice bucket all over the place they throw icy hot on top of Quack Quack. We don't get the camera in there. This is what Quack Quack tells us when Victoria finally gets around to figure out what the fuck happened. Carmine throws the ice bucket. They throw icy hot on him. They try to shake his head. Then they all go running back down the hallway like I heard of fucking hyenas. Obviously, people call security, okay? Because you're in a hotel at night. You're on your fucking vacation, and you just hear a bunch of people screaming and running down the fucking hallway. Security comes up. Victoria's involved now. And they're basically like, you know, we got a disturbance. It's coming from these rooms. And she opens the door, and she brings security in. And the kids are all just looking at her. They know they're in fucking trouble. And she's like, well, we've had a disturbance. And then I guess it was John was like, maybe it was from next door. That would have set me the fuck off. Because... <laughs> One of the things I hate, and I think every parent hates this, I know my mom hated it, (laughs) is when we got you, bitch. We got you. And you gonna come up in here and tell us that the aliens did it? I don't want to hear that. I, I, I think I already talked about this the other night. My son, my son really likes to take, my eight year old really likes to take, do videos, okay? He begs me to put shit on TikTok all the time. Some of his shit is really good. It will never go on TikTok. As long as I have control, he'll be 25 before his ass will be on the internet. Never. But he makes videos all the time. Um, that's how he got Christmas canceled last year, by the way. I canceled Christmas two weeks before Christmas because of a fucking video. And that's the other thing. He has like a really locked down tablet. He, he's like in a walled garden. And he shows me videos and I can see all his videos. But the video that he and his foster uh, sister and his brother were making was not a video that was appropriate in any way, shape or form. The two of the three of them were definitely, I don't know. I, <laughs> I told my mom it was a porn. And she was like, show me the video. And I showed her. She's like, this is not a porn. I was like. I feel like it is. And she's like, this is no way near a porn. And I was like, I'm sorry. That's why I've decided it is. <laughs> it just involved them like, so everybody in my house likes to twerk. Not me, but every child I've ever had. Even the two older foster kids that just left love to twerk. They love, they all want me to get a stripper pole. They love, it was just a lot of them twerking and they're in their pajamas and like ripping their shirts off and swinging around their heads. It, it was <laughs> it was salacious if you were seven, okay? But I was pissed about it. <laughs> and so I was like, due to your, 
due to your Girls Gone Wild video, Christmas is camp. Anyway, my, my kid likes to make videos. And some of them are very funny music videos. Some of them are very good. He'll never get them on the internet. I, the internet doesn't exist for him, sorry. And so um, he showed me a video that he had made. And in it, I can hear him go, my older brother, his, my, old, my oldest son, he says my son's name and goes, he's so stupid. And like... You know, I let a lot of things go around here. There's some things I just can't control, but I'm we're not going to talk about each other like that. And I wasn't even mad at the time. At first, I was just like looking at the video. I was like, did you just call him stupid? And in the video, you can hear my older son going, please don't call me stupid. And so I wasn't that mad. I was just going to be like, you know, I don't like it when you call, like you, you get upset when people call you names and I really want you to talk to people the way you want to be talked to. And so... If you would come to me and complain that he had called you stupid, then you shouldn't be walking around calling people stupid. It was the, it was going to be a very quick thing like that, okay? But then he turned to me and goes, no, I didn't call him stupid. You know, my son's name is what I call my tablet sometimes. So imagine my son's name is Randall. <laughs> he, he, what he said was, Randall's so stupid. And then he, tried, he was trying to convince me that he was talking to his tablet because his nickname for his tablet is Randall. And that's when I got fucking mad because I was like, no, 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 no. Listen, bruh, you can just be like, oh yeah, I did say that, sorry about that. You know what, you're right, you're right, you're right, sorry about that. And we would have moved the fuck on. But I can't do anything with liars. I can't do anything with, especially not even good liars. You lying to me like I'm boo-boo the fool. You lying to me like I'm Jeff. No, 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 I'm not doing that. And the thing about when people are lying to you, especially small kids, like you can't force them to tell you the truth, but you can go, I know that's not what happened and move on. And that's what I basically said. And I was like, I know that's not what happened. He's like, no, definitely. I definitely, I call my tablet Randall all the time. I do. I just really like the name because it's the name of my brother. So sometimes, and then when my tablet's acting weird, I go, Randall, you're so stupid. <laughs> and I got, like I said, I got more and more mad. I ended up sitting him to bed. And later he comes out and he's like, I just want you to know that I was lying. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I know. You were fucking lying. You weren't fooling anybody. I really would have, I said... And they all know this, like, if you, if you can, like, I just want to hear the truth. Like, we can start from there. And you're much, like, if you just admit that you fucking did it, and we can talk about why, and we can talk about ways to not do this anymore, and we can come up with something together. But I can't do anything to somebody who can't tell me the truth. And especially, so with the foster kids that just left, there was a lot of lying and a lot of, like, and it's, I'm honestly, it's not really their fault. It's the way they've been taught to be. Um... And just things like, so then you're going to tell me a quarter of the truth. And then you're going to tell me half of the truth. And then, you're, and then finally, after like seven hours, you're going to be like, well, you were right the whole time. I'm like, yeah, I know I was right. I'm right a lot. It's really hard being right. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not hard being right. It's actually very fun. <laughs> so them being like, it was maybe the people next door. I would have lost my shit at me. Like, if, at first, I, I would have been mad because this, things like this really bother me when we're in a public place and we have to share our space with other people and you acting like this is your fucking playground. This is an expensive place. I didn't have to fucking bring you here. Um, you guys are incredibly privileged kids. And not only did I bring your asses here, I brought five of your fucking friends. And, like, dude, like, 
like why are you acting as if you have zero home training whatsoever i know why they're acting like that because she doesn't they don't have any fucking home training but the inconveniencing of the other people around us would have really pissed me off and then for you to act like it was somebody next door when a buffalo herd of heavy ass cologne and spiky hair and spray tanned butts just ran down this hallway. It was you. It couldn't have been nobody else. The room next door doesn't have eight teenagers in it. I don't know the fuck you're talking. I would have. I would have like went the fuck off. I would have went nuclear. I would like you. I listen. I'm a petty fucking person. I might have. I might have been like pack your shit. Go back to New York. I might have done it. I'm. <laughs> when I get mad enough. <laughs> I, I can get very, very petty. I don't care how much it's going to cost at this point. I'll pay extra so you so you can go to fuck home. Or I might drive your ass down to the Motel 6 and leave you down there with Jeff. <laughs> so the the hotel wants them to leave. And that's the, that's the thing that would have really bothered me because I would have been like, I paid my money. They don't have to refund me. And we're supposed to be here for another three nights. And you guys just got us kicked out of a fucking hotel. Like, this is ridiculous. Um... But the hotel agrees to let them stay. The security comes and talks to them. And the hotel agrees to let them stay. But there's going to be a security guard outside the door. Which is a very generous thing because uh, I'm sure that the hotel plans to use the security guard another way. And anyway, so he has to stand outside the door. And like basically... Basically... Victoria talks a really good game when she talks to them, but she's so, she's so mushy. Like, you know they don't fucking believe her. So then she goes down to talk to Quack Quack and Jeff because she's basically like, uh, you guys are their chaperones. And I, if I were Quack Quack and Jeff, I'd be like, why'd you put me in this room all the way down here? Quack Quack and Jeff can't be in their room going to sleep. It's also 4 a.m., by the way. Quack Quack and Jeff can't be in their room going to sleep at 4 a.m. if they're the chaperones. They have to be down there with them. Like... <laughs> This doesn't make any fucking sense. And also, why the fuck was Jeff going out at 2 a.m.? Where the fuck was Jeff? You know, Miami, it's a city that doesn't sleep. So maybe he was going. But I would have been like, Jeff, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> so uh, Victoria talks to Jeff. She talks to Quack Quack. Jeff is claiming that he's been hurt. <laughs> Quack Quack brings up a, a good point. That I know you let them in because the hallway's long as fuck. You would have saw them, and it's eight of these big ass fucking boys. You would have heard them coming. You would have heard them. And Jeff is like, uh, Jeff didn't think about that. So, also, Jeff, this is on TV. <laughs> They're gonna see it. I just would have been like, no. Jeff's a terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible uh, chaperone. And yet the next day, Victoria lets him take the kids out jet skiing, and he's supposed to be on the jet ski. I don't know why she wants him on the jet ski. What she thinks he's going to do, jump in the water and save them if something happens. There's a lifeguard out there, and I don't think Jeff's, I mean, I think Jeff being on the beach, watching and making sure they're staying where they're supposed to be, and uh, they are taking, they have their life jackets on. So I think that's enough watching for Jeff. I don't think... What is him on the back of a jet ski going to do? But they're out there and, you know, 
it's just another, it's a throwaway scene. So the last thing that happens is that Victoria gets very mad at Quack Quack because they are out to dinner and there are women dancing on tables. They're not strippers, but Quack Quack's putting like money in their, in their uh, clothes. They look like go-go dancers, which I mean, go-go dancers get tips, but they look like they're in a restaurant. It looked to me like a version of belly dancing. You know what I mean? Like when you're in a in a nice um, Middle Eastern restaurant or something. It doesn't have to be nice, but you know what I'm saying. Like you're in a Middle Eastern restaurant and they might have some music and they also have like some belly dancers that come out and do some things. And also belly dancing, I think belly dancing is also like something done in parts of South America, but whatever, you're just someplace and they have belly dancers. And like they dance and stuff and you do tip them, but you don't, is it, I just don't, I just wouldn't think you would be tipping them inside their clothes. I don't get it, whatever. So um, they're at some dinner and Quack Quack has been telling people that Karma is drunk, specifically John, but they, they're, Victoria's mad because apparently Quack Quack's been telling people that like back home. So I don't know, was he putting it on MySpace? Was he calling and texting people? Was he sending a, a video on his Nokia? Like, what was he doing? But that's the way they're talking. Victoria's angry because she claims that she's sitting across from Carmine the whole night and all Carmine had was a sip of champagne. He was not like having a bunch of cocktails. So again, John is talking to her. And I'm remembering how much John used to like I've in other episodes where John was screaming at someone that was talking to her, uh, that was yelling at her to hurry up and come somewhere. John in the car calling a quack quack a two year old. Like what? Something is going. Something is not being fucking said here. So she calls him. She chirps him. <laughs> she she tells him to get up there, and they decide that when he gets to the room, her room, she has a suite. I think her suite and it makes sense because she's got like two or three people staying with her that she's going they're going to tell him that she's on the phone with her brother Peter Peter just got out of jail by the way and that he's upset and that like basically they're going to prank him so I mean Quack Quack looks completely fucking different when he walks in there. He is like real nervous and shit. He looks he's gonna fucking cry. And they play it off. Victoria's telling him that Peter wants to meet him at the airport and that she's in trouble because Peter wants to know why his nephews are drunk and out of control out here. And she told him that Quack Quack made it up and all this stuff. And Quack Quack is like, what the fuck? He looks like, and then Somebody says, it might be Victoria, it might be one of the boys says, he wants to kill you. And for, and uh, John John goes, wait, wait, wait. Not really, not literally. <laughs> like, another thing I said is like, Peter just got out of, Uncle Peter just got out of jail. <laughs> Don't be on camera saying he's gonna kill people <laughs> because he's been involved in some murder plots. Um, so, like the, the kids are really enjoying it. They're like, oh, you should probably eat solid food now <laughs> because you're probably gonna be drinking out of a straw. And Quack Quack looks terrible. So what happens, she pretends like she's on the phone. Then she puts the phone 
there and she says, if he calls back, you, you're speaking to him. And then she goes like back in the room and stuff and gets Frankie to call from his phone because she wants to call her own 917 number. The problem is that I had with this is like, and, and maybe it's because again, it's 2004. Like if this happened today, Frankie's name would pop up. It wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be Peter or whatever. But, and I feel like I had people's names and contacts in 2004, but okay, whatever, whatever. Um, so, so Frankie calls, Frankie, the 14 year old calls from his phone. And this is the most enjoyable moment of the fucking show to me because <laughs> quack, quack, open, <laughs> quack, quack opens the phone and goes, Victoria's phone. And it goes, and he's like, oh, uh, Peter. <laughs> Frankie, you could see, how the fuck did he not know that was Frankie? Frankie's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, hello, this is Brian. He says his whole name. He sounds like he's at a job interview. He's like, I'm so sorry about the misunderstanding. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I, I find it funny because Quack Quack's been running around here doing a lot of stuff and he was acting all big and bad with security down at the pool. And right now, all of a sudden he's like, here's my full name, the last four of my social security number, please don't kill me. And Frankie's on the other end, not doing a very good job of being Peter. So basically he says something like, I'll, I'll talk to you, I'll meet you at the airport. And Quack Quack gets real worried. <laughs> and they're just all having a good time at his expense. And then uh, Victoria goes back and calls from Frankie's number again and, and Quack Quack opens the phone and then she tells him that basically he's been punked. And he he was so sweaty guys he looked but this goes to show a couple of things is that victoria Gotti's family is very important it's not like when she says someone's gonna come fuck you up people believe her okay now remember watching mob wives um, even now, the new show, they did Made in Staten Island and they changed the name. MTV's been doing that a lot. They did that with, a, with like some Teen Mom spinoff or something where they just like, oh, you don't like this show? We'll call it something else. <laughs> maybe we'll still like it. But it, it's maybe Family Ties or something. I don't know. It has Karen Gravano, Gravano and, her, um, and her daughter in it. And I, I remember talking about it and being like, I hate that they have this show on about... Karina going back into the mob life is if Karina has any connection whatsoever to mob life. Her grandfather is Sammy the Bull and he is one of the highest ranking <laughs> state's witnesses ever in the mob. He has turned against so many people. He's done it. There is no mafia that includes Karina. There is no mafia that includes her. And also the fact that she's half black and the mafia is a very racist organization. They just are. So like, I I hate, I, I can't watch it. I'm not gonna watch it because I'm just like, I can't pretend with you guys. Like I, like sure, Karina could join a gang, but Karina's not gonna be doing any mafia hits. It's just not gonna happen. Like, she's more likely 
to be injured by the grand by the grandson or granddaughter of someone that her grandfather testified against and who went to prison and ended up dying there. She's more likely to be shivved by someone like that than, than somehow tricked, uh, like enticed into to, to mafia life. That's not what's, no. But this is very different. Victoria Gotti is absolutely mob royalty. Sure, the type of people in her family, like her brother Peter is the type of person that can get your ass fucked up. Um, she has a respected name. And I, obviously I don't think she's like involved in the mafia at this point. But you know what I'm trying to say? Like she, like, and Quack Quack is a dick. Okay? <laughs> but he's scared. He's fucking scared. And I can, he should be, he should be. <laughs> anyway, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was funny. I, well, let me take that back. I enjoyed this episode because it made me feel something. I was very angry at those fucking kids. Um, I think Quack Quack is, I thought Quack Quack getting it was funny. I hate pranks. Victoria got in her dirty white outfit talking about her daddy. Like he's not a fucking murderer. <laughs> made me feel something <laughs> like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm exhausted. Let me get off of here. But I just want to say, remind you guys to sign up for the Patreon next couple of weeks you're going to be getting a lot of content i want to say thank you for listening i want to ask you for a five-star review i want to tell you to follow me at okay then princess on instagram and twitter and follow me on instagram at by pumpkin podcast and that's it i i, I don't know why i'm still talking <laughs> see you next week guys Bye.